0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here of Locked On 49ers. We are with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, getting you ready for this week two matchup. There's no L's in the, in the columns here with this game. These are two 1-0 football teams, two first-place football teams meeting up in Philadelphia, the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to let everybody know really quick before we get into this about a new program coming to the Locked On Podcast Network that just so happens to have my Locked On 49ers co-host here, Eric Crocker, as one of the hosts, the new... Locked On NFL Draft pro- podcast relaunches September 20th. That's Monday with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting perspective, the DB analysis, the former professional New York Jets, Sabercats, number one. This We've got a number one overall pick on today's program. The number one overall pick in the Arena League expansion draft, Eric Crocker. He's also the host of the brand new Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Locked On Chiefs host, Ryan Tracy, who brings the analytics knowledge, follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Audacity app, the Audacity, Odyssey app is what it's called, or wherever you get your podcasts. Louie, how you doing, my friend? It's been a little while since we chatted with you.
1: Yeah, Brian, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And it's uh, these two teams exciting, both 1 and 0, but at the same time, despite the, you know, week 1 success, it's just interesting to look at the two teams and how completely different they are even from a year ago when they played on Sunday Night Football, both kind of in a transition offseason. The 49ers, I think the window is still open compared to the Eagles, but both transitioning with, you know, different quarterbacks, at least the Niners soon to come and the Eagles right away with Jalen Hurts. So, I mean, the NFL does stand for not for long for a reason. And these two teams, even in just one year, look completely different. So I I can't wait for this matchup on Sunday.
0: You feel like it's been a roller coaster for the Eagles fan with with expectations going into 2020, then coming down and then expectations lower. Then I was like, oh, this team's more fun than we thought, maybe. And I look, let me put it into perspective from 49ers fans, 49ers fans. Not that long ago. We're talking less than a calendar week ago. We're looking at the schedule and like, okay, 2-0 and after the first two weeks. We got the Lions and the Eagles. They're going to be trash. Then we got to worry about the, the uh, Green Bay Packers in week three. That's when the season really starts. It doesn't matter if Jimmy G starts. It doesn't matter if the rookie Trey Lance starts. It doesn't matter if Nate Sudfeld starts. We're going to be 2-0, and we're going to be cruising into this thing. And then the Packers look like absolute garbage and the Eagles look really good in week one. And you start to think, well, wait a second. Should we be a little bit more worried about week two? And uh, I think the 49ers should absolutely be a little bit more worried about week two than 49ers fans were coming into the season. What can you tell us about the Nick Sirianni Philadelphia Eagles that you learned about in week one?
1: Yeah, Brian, it's kind of funny. The Eagles always start off fast when they start with a new head coach. It happened in 2013 with Chip Kelly. It happened in 2016 with Doug Peterson when they started off 3-0. And it happened on Sunday with Nick Sirianni leading that Eagles team to a blowout win In Atlanta, it was just a complete team effort. That coaching staff came in with such a beautiful plan, and it seemed like they had an answer for everything Atlanta threw at them on both sides of the ball. They adjusted amazingly. Jalen Hurts looked the part in his first audition for the long-term QB1 role in Philadelphia. Just a great start overall. And, yeah, I mean, expectations this year were not really there like they've been since they won the Super Bowl in 2017. But at the same time, I think if you – really look at this roster throughout the offseason and really dug deep, you would have known that it had one of the best offensive lines in football, one of the best defensive lines in football. And you guys both know that in the trenches, that kind of what dictates winning and losing, I think, or sustained winning and losing. So I always thought their floor was, I never thought this was a Houston Texans, Detroit Lions, two or three win team. I don't think they're an 11 or 12 win team, but I always felt like their floor was that that seven to nine win ballpark. So I I, w- I was surprised at how dominant they looked on Sunday, but I wasn't surprised at what units dominated. So
2: I, I, I have to ask, and you talked about the trenches and everything, but there's a guy who caught a touchdown in his first NFL game as mm-hmm. a receiver, Devontae Smith, who I raved about Devontae Smith, you know, AKA the Slim Reaper. We're talking about a guy who everybody worried about him being 166 pounds. And Eric Crocker was here telling them, listen, it doesn't matter about the weight, how does he play, what does the scouting report say from a on-the-field uh, perspective, mm-hmm. and he checked every single box. And we think we saw a little bit of that in the last game. What can you tell us about how he's been on the field and really his transition into the NFL as being somebody that's definitely slightly built and people are kind of like really worried about him being 166 pounds.
1: Yeah, Eric, it's been a smooth transition, as smooth as it can be. And sometimes rookies, they don't always start off that way at this position. But Devontae, the minute he came into training camp, like he was the guy. And that's just been the way it is. All summer and now heading into the regular season, he led the team in targets and receptions on Sunday. And like you said, the first touchdown was beautiful off that rubber out where he's playing inside. He really lived in every area of the field against Atlanta along the sidelines, showing some incredible body control on the one catch across the middle of the field in the slot at the X at the Z. Devontae Smith is or at least week one looked exactly like the player that you picked 10th overall that won the Heisman at Alabama. And Philadelphia has some veteran weapons, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders at running back, and yet it felt like Jalen Hurts in his first game. You would think a guy like that would trust more the veterans, the security blankets, but Devontae Smith was his security blanket. And that's fun for Eagles fans because – I mean, they haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. They've had good receivers, right? Alshon Jeffrey in 2017, Nelson Aguilar had a couple good runs there, um, but they haven't had a Devontae Smith-like player, I mean, even before Macklin and Deshaun Jackson, I would say, the one year with Terrell Owens. So it's a, uh, an exciting and, I would say, new feeling to see Devontae in midnight green.
2: You talked a little bit about Jalen Hurts, I know we'll get more to him, but He was a guy who a lot of people, including myself, were kind of down on when coming out of college. I remember thinking, like, man, this dude's a running back. And he gets to the NFL and you see some moments of him being really good. I draft him, I actually draft him to a couple of my fantasy league teams. But you see some moments where he can be really good. And you also see some low moments where he's benched for Nate Sudfield, the guy who's now on the 49ers. How has Year two been for him throughout the off and kind of transitioning into the season. Does he look to be in more command? I saw one of the touchdowns that he threw where, I mean that that was a throw that was really amazing. You had a tight end that was really kind of going the other way, and when he let the ball go, the tight end was like at a standstill on the other side of the defender, and he threw and, and hurts threw it to a spot where the tight end made the adjustment, went went down low, and got the – I mean, that was like a veteran-type throw. Right. What are you guys seeing from him from really – I mean, obviously we know he can run the ball, but from a passing perspective and kind of – does he look like he's in command of the offense?
1: Yeah, Eric, I'm glad you deciphered there the difference like running and passing because that's something I've been talking about all offseason is we know what Jalen Hurts's floor is, at least as a he's going to be one of the better mobile quarterbacks in football. He's always going to keep you in football games that way. I feel like he can elevate an offense, even if it's weaker personnel wise when it comes to weapons like it was last year because of his legs. But are the Eagles capped when it comes to their offensive production through the air because of his arm ability. And that was a concern last year. I thought he was not very efficient in some key areas, passing the football within the pocket over the middle. Like you said, throwing with anticipation, right? Throwing to an area, a window, not throwing to a player, but against Atlanta, I mean, again, I still want to see him sit in the pocket a little bit more. I feel like he dropped his eyes and felt pressure at times when there wasn't pressure, but I understand why a young quarterback would do that when Atlanta was blitzing him all game. But you're right. I thought he did look a lot more improved in some of those key areas he needed to improve on, throwing to a window with anticipation. I thought when he did stick in the pocket and face that blitz, he made the right decisions. And when he did escape from the blitz, I can't believe some of the plays he got out of. It was a very impressive start against Atlanta for Hurts. But again, it's just one start against what I thought is going to be One of the weaker defenses he plays. The defensive backfield with the Falcons is not very talented. And although the 49ers lost Jason Verrett, that front four, Atlanta didn't have that front with Nick Bosa and those Rick Armstead. So this is a nice test for the young QB1 on Sunday. And it's uh, again, I'm just looking forward to seeing all year the challenges he gets and let's see what improvements he can make and maybe where he regresses. It's a fascinating story to watch all year.
2: So I I have one more question. I know I'm hogging up all all, all your time here from my my guy, Brian Peacock. But the 49ers are in a kind of similar situation where they have this young rookie quarterback who definitely has to improve uh, on being more consistent as a passer. How pivotal do you think Jalen Hurts' experience playing as a rookie has helped him prepare for this year so far from what you've seen?
1: Yeah. Eric, As a pastor. Yeah. Right. I think it's, I just think you learn much and you can probably attest to this. I think you just learn so much more by playing. I'm somebody that throughout life and anything I do learning wise, I'm just better at, by doing it. I think that's how you improve more. And I'm not saying there aren't benefits to being on the sidelines, but, I don't know. I mean, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo are very different players. And I feel like J like if Joe Flacco would have played Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco are just not the same style. So you can learn things from veterans, but you can learn things from them that are while they're talking to you on the sideline. I just think you got to go out there and do it for yourself. You've seen so many different young quarterbacks make that year two jump. Over the last five years, right? Carson Wentz from 2016 to 2017 did it. You saw Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen from year two to year three. I even think Kyler Murray from year one to year two. And the theme outside of Mahomes the consistent theme was that those guys all played in their rookie year and I think that really does help and then you get that whole summer knowing you're the guy having tape to go off of and you know see where you need to improve and where to continue to build off momentum I think it's crucial and so I'm curious to see what your what uh, your team does the 49ers with when they decide to unleash Trey Lance and pull back Jimmy Garoppolo
0: Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, Brian Peacock, and Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers. We're going to continue grilling Louis about the Eagles here before this Week 2 matchup, and then we're going to flip the script. Louis is going to ask us some questions about the San Francisco 49ers, then maybe make some predictions here in Week 2 for the two unbeaten football teams that are taking each other on Sunday. More Locked On 49ers, Locked On Eagles crossover next. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money and then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than go into some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Louis, uh, what sucks about these crossovers sometimes is it, we start talking and then it just makes more questions, more questions, and you I know, think it's I so know. much <laughs> stuff, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the 49ers with us yeah. here and, and have us answer some questions, but you talked about having tape. And having someone like Jalen Hurts gets to play a little bit as a rookie. And then he has some tape and he can evaluate himself. But teams start to get tape on you as well. What do you think D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, is going to see when he looks at the tape of Jalen Hurts? What do you think he's going to try to do to stop Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia Eagles offense? And I, and I want to sort of combine that with a question uh, about a, a quote I saw that I believe I saw either you or Gino retweet of Nick Sirianni talking about his scheme. And he said, before you can think about scheme, you need to think about the players and what they do well. So did you see that come to fruition? Is he putting these guys in an opportunity to succeed? And what do you think a defensive coordinator is going to do to try to stop that from Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. It's very different than I like to refer back to Chip Kelly sometimes because I feel like he was more of a mold your. Um, players to the scheme right fit them into the scheme whereas Nick Sirianni and I think Doug Peterson did this as well um, fit your scheme to the talent that you have which is I think is pretty common sense and that's exactly what they did against Atlanta you saw most of their completions outside of one or two that were in between the numbers most of their throws were behind the line of scrimmage on screen passes on checkdowns, um, you know along the sidelines that's where Jalen Hurts is most comfortable right now as a passer but also Nick Sirianni knows I have three guys that could potentially run a 4-3, right? Quez Watkins ran the second fastest 40 time in the 2020 Combine, only behind Henry Ruggs. You have Jalen Rager, a 2020 first-round pick, who in his own right is 4-3, 4-4 speed. Devontae Smith is known for a lot of things, but he's underrated when it comes to his speed, probably because he played with Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle, right, burners with the Crimson Tide. But Devontae Smith has... Deep threat ability as well. It's why he was a returner at Alabama. And so the offense really used those guys in that way. And the running backs too, in that way, Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell, very well-versed in the receiving game as well. So um, I think I'm interested to see what D'Amico Ryan's game plan is, because what Atlanta tried to do against this offense was, Blitz the heck out of Jalen Hurts, right? Rush him, force him into maybe running too early, right? Making mistakes in his first start as QB1. But I think Hurts really thrived against the Blitz. I thought he escaped it. And when Atlanta missed him, things opened up down the field. And I thought he made the right decisions to when to check down. So I'm curious if the 49ers, especially with the loss of Jason Verrett, if they pull back maybe and force Hertz to dissect more zone-heavy coverage across the middle of the field, You know, more traffic. Because the one thing about Atlanta's strategy was if you didn't get to Hertz, there was a lot of space for him to work with. And with a mobile quarterback like that, when he gets outside to the sidelines, that's where he's a better passer
0: anyway. So it's going to be a fascinating chess match here. Louis, I've got one more on the defensive side of the ball, and he was a problem in Week 1. I don't want to say he was the best player. You know what I will say? Maybe the best player on the field in Week 1 for the Philadelphia Eagles when I watched this game, and I probably didn't watch it as closely as you, in the middle of the defensive line, Javon Hargrave. I mean, he was awesome. And look, the, the Eagles, and you talked about it earlier, That that's why there was a floor for the Eagles. Athletic quarterback, you can scheme some things for that offense, and then you have a really good offensive line, a good defensive line, that team is not going to be drafting number one overall in April, right? And Brandy Graham is Brandy Graham, and, and I love the dude, and he doesn't get the accolades he's gotten over the course of his career, and Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, and uh, I love the pick of Milton Williams, he's backing up Cox and Hargrave, but Hargrave was really the one that, that impressed me Sunday. Was I wrong there? And how good is that defensive front for the Eagles? Yeah,
1: you're right, Brian? Javon Hargrave was the best one. He had the highest uh, pass rush win rate in the NFL on Sunday at forty-eight wow. percent. In he the had NFL, two sacks on the day, yeah, in the entire wow. league, at least on Sunday, um, didn't follow up on Monday after the game. But I would assume it was at the top, nearly fifty percent, which is incredible. And that's the guy that you paid the big bucks last offseason from Pittsburgh, and you didn't get that performance out of him last year. I mean, granted, it was the whole COVID offseason, no real training camp or preseason. You're learning a new defense. He was dealing with injuries as well. So I think this year with a full offseason under his belt next to this, just this loaded unit up front, Hargrave was going to reap the benefits, and he picked up where he left off in camp and in the preseason. He was wrecking all summer, and this is the best defensive tackle they've ever had next to Fletcher Cox. Really since Timmy Jernigan's hot play at the start of 2017, they haven't come close to seeing a guy get to the quarterback in the middle like Javon Hargrave did on Sunday. So that's the thing. It's such an advantage if you have defensive tackles that can get to the quarterback consistently. Quarterbacks do not like a muddy pocket up the middle, especially the more, I mean, there's most quarterbacks now in the NFL of mobility, but the guys that you know aren't Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance, those guys especially hate that. And the Eagles have that advantage with Cox Hargrave. You mentioned Milton Williams, Brandon Graham rushes from the inside a lot. Josh Sweat can do that. So that to me is going to be one of the biggest things is can the 49ers contain that front because they destroyed any game plan the Falcons could have.
0: All right, it's Louie's turn. He's going to grill Croc and I about the San Francisco 49ers, and if we have time, hopefully we can make some quick predictions about this week two matchup next. All eyes back on the NFL as teams are back on the field. Another football season is here. Not only pro, but college action as well. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this week season. And I know y'all are pumped up after seeing football. Sometimes it's a slow burn too. You're like, "All right, the season back, what's it going to be like?" You're like, "Oh yeah, this is fun. This is awesome. Overtime Monday night football. Great. Let's throw some money down because now I have a good feel for what these teams are going to look like in 2021. A new updated site and interface at betonline.ag with even more odds, props, and contests. They continue to be the number one source for everything. Football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON. Not only football, but basketball, boxing, baseball, your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available this season. Bet online, your online sports book experts.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back into Crossover Thursday right here on Locked On Eagles and Locked On 49ers. I am Locked on Eagles host Louis DiBiase joined by Locked on Niners hosts Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. And guys, like I said in segment one, this is a really interesting matchup between these two teams because they look so different even from a year ago. I feel like both of these teams had a window. The Niners were in the Super Bowl two years ago. The Eagles won a Super Bowl uh, three years ago, or I should say four seasons ago back in 2017. And while the Niners' window is still open, both teams are transitioning, especially at the most important position at quarterback. Jalen Hurts this year, Trey Lance eventually, I would imagine, this year. And that's where I want to kind of start this conversation off. Like, I really respect the 49ers for not settling at quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have sat on their hands and said, we made a Super Bowl with this guy two years ago, but I feel like they knew their ceiling was lower with him compared to maybe a guy like Trey Lance. But I feel like they're not going far enough. Maybe by just again, I'm a guy that likes to give the reins to the court, the young quarterback from day one. Do you think Trey Lance is ready to go? Do you think they're more so hiding behind that narrative because are they nervous to start the because that's when the time ticks for a coach's job security? Like what, what is the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance? And we're not going to see it against the Eagles, but when is it Lance's time?
0: I, I feel like Croc and I feel a little bit differently about it. I was more okay with slow playing the Trey Lance stuff coming into the year. I think Croc was like, let's just get Trey Lance in there and start him right away. Um, the 49ers know they can win with Jimmy. I think. Kyle Shanahan is just an interesting guy and we've seen it with like you know some of the doghouse stuff and some players that you think are going to be mm-hmm. a big impact in the team and all of a sudden they're you know not not suited up or not targeted in the week one game and I think it's similar at quarterback where he's tough on his quarterbacks he wants them to have a functionality that's pretty high and he's and it's hard for a rookie to do a 21 year old who played at, at 1AA and played two seasons ago you know that's like that's almost impossible for that guy to be able to do it when Matt Ryan in his 30s couldn't do it until year two when Jimmy Garoppolo was talking about this year he's in his fourth year with the 49ers and he was talking about how like he's finally feeling like this is going to be the year where he's out over that hump and he's where Shanahan wants him to be and where he wants to be himself so I think Kyle Shanahan's very demanding and for that reason I don't know if it was realistic to expect that rookie to be able to come in and be the guy right away. But you know Kyle Shanahan wants to utilize him. And we've seen him on the field already and put him into some positions to succeed. And I would like to see him more as a thrower when he's in there. You know, like getting him giving, giving Trey Lance two zone reads per game doesn't do anything for me. Like, l- let's see a little bit more. Maybe let's let him play the entire fourth quarter in a blowout when it's 41-17 against the Lions. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Like, get him some actual development time, throwing the ball, running the full offense, and get that ball rolling a little bit. But, um, Croc, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Because you were more on board with, like, let's just go with the rookie. Let's do it from week one.
2: So my, my thought process on going with the rookie was more so because of the fact that, like, they, they just need reps. And with Trey Lance, it's there's a way that I feel like you can play to be able to win with him. And I think even early in the Hurts uh, uh, playing, yep. you saw some ups and downs, but they were still able to kind of, you know, win a game or two or, you know, whatever that situation was. When you look at Trey Lance, he has a skill set that's explosive. He's making plays, but then he also – has these random misses and I feel like those random misses you're not going to correct them until the game slows down for him mentally so how does it start to slow down for you mentally I I think it's just playing and having those live bullets I bet if you get him on the board he can tell you everything that's going on everything about the game plan when you start to have those pass rushers coming at you it's just different and you can't prepare for that unless you go through it so that was my thought process of him just playing right away let's get it out the way and year two he's going to be that guy that can possibly help you reach you know whatever it is that your expectations are for your team now I have kind of since changed my tone only because I saw week one he was the only quarterback that won a game you know and the expectation for the 49ers are playoffs are Bowl. so you know I was okay with maybe, you know, do you have some ups and downs in the sense of the play, but you don't want to sacrifice wins. And I, I think that's the only thing that's kind of made me change my tune a little bit about him kind of playing more
1: right away. Are you nervous? Because uh, Brian mentioned it, Trey Lance hasn't played in, I mean, going on. If he doesn't play this year, it'll be two years. Yeah. So are you nervous that maybe it's different with Trey Lance compared to maybe another rookie quarterback, because the situation's different that he didn't play last year that if you red shirt him this year too, two years without playing football, I don't know what that could do. I mean, I don't think it's going to make him a bust, but it'd be interesting to see the impact that would have.
2: It probably doesn't help, and I think that's something that Kyle Shanahan understands as well. So right now he's trying to figure out a way to get him on the field however he can. You know, he hurt his finger, you know, in the last preseason game, so he missed a week, and he actually wasn't a part of the game plan heading into Detroit, but still got him in on the very first drive, and he threw a touchdown. So you can tell Kyle Shanahan understands is it's very important to get him in and get him those reps, even if it isn't for the entirety of a game. And maybe they want to see as he progresses, there is an opportunity maybe potentially get him in long-term because how Jimmy Garoppolo will probably get to him, but how he played in that game, that's not necessarily consistent with what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo throughout his time with the 49ers. He has played very well, but he also has a lot of weird moments, and he's had a lot of very average moments Mm -hmm. in his play that's been covered up by an extremely good defense. So there will be an opportunity where, at some point, Trey Lance might be able to show that he can give a little bit more, but he's going to have to be able to prove that to Kyle Shanahan, and and that's the tough part.
0: Yeah, and to that point, Louie, my take on Trey Lance coming into the year was not so much worried about week one, but i also said that the the only wrong answer that Kyle Shanahan can have in this whole thing is not playing Trey Lance at all cuz the only thing he needs is reps and, and so you right. ha, if you're going to develop your young quarterback he has to play some and so you got to find like there was an entire fourth quarter that he should have played. Like those were snaps wasted that Trey Lance should have been playing on offense for the 49ers because you are way up on an opponent and you've got to get your quarterback some reps. And at some point it's going to be very difficult. If Jimmy G's playing well, the Niners are winning, it's going to be harder and harder during a playoff race to all of a sudden plug in a rookie quarterback full time, so you've got to find a lot of snaps for him. Now is Kyle Shanahan going to do that? Uh, Sort of on the fly And is he going to get more and more snaps per game Is he going to play a lot Is he going to be a a true two quarterback system Where they're both going in and out and playing half the time That'll be weird but it would be interesting But the the only thing that Kyle Shanahan could do wrong here Is not play Trey Lance at all And it doesn't have to be week one But by the end of the year Trey Lance has to get some development And and he's got to play
1: yeah, Brian and Eric, before I move off quarterback and discuss some other matchups here between the Eagles and 49ers, I do want to ask you about that two quarterback system because the Eagles fans that listened to the show saw it last year with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And I don't know how you guys feel about it. I personally thought it was kind of predictable when you brought a mobile backup quarterback out there, what they were going to do and it wasn't normally efficient. Should Eagles fans expect that to be the case on Sunday where Kyle Shanahan is using both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance or is that going to be something they move away from
0: I will say that Kyle Shanahan's super unpredictable so I have no idea but it does look like right now and we've seen it in so many games and you're right like bringing in the athletic backup to run one play and it's his own read that does nothing for me. That does nothing for the quarterback, and I don't think it really does it a, a ton uh, for the team. You're pl- like to, to hurt the team you're playing against, unless you're getting that advantage by being in goal line, and you know that you know all of a sudden now you've had to have this advantage in the goal line to score points and put points on the board. That makes a difference and that moves the needle for me. But you know, so, some plays where you you come in and run one play, it's like ah, unless you're setting up something else, and maybe that's what Kyle Shanahan is doing. But he's pretty unpredictable. Like I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden next week. Uh, Trey Lance comes in for three plays and he's bombing it all three times. I have no idea, but in week one, it wasn't like this. Oh, wow. He's doing something super different. That's hard to defend crock.
2: And, and if you look at the lions and how, how they kind of defended it, I feel like all 11 eyes were on Trey Lance at the snap. So on the time that he threw the ball, it was wide open and he was able to kind of, it was his first read. It was like, boom, let me get that out there and touchdown on the runs everybody's collapsing on him, and they're really – people are complaining about, like, the two yards per carry whatever it ends up being, but there was nowhere to go. So I think Kyle Shanahan, who did not have a game plan to play Trey Lance in that game and was just kind of, like, situationally playing playing him off the top of his head, heading into Philadelphia, I think he'll have more of a game plan, and I would be surprised if that game plan did not include him throwing the ball to make the Philadelphia Eagles
1: play a little bit more honest. Yeah. I think it's a good point that it's just maybe has to do with the plan more so than using two quarterbacks. I think a lot of teams don't really have a plan and they just feel almost forced to use both of those guys. Um, Guys, before we move on to the Eagles offense against the 49ers defense, as we wrap up this crossover edition of locked on Eagles and locked on 49ers, I do want to ask about the doghouse situation with last year's first round pick, Brandon Ayuk, who had a highlight reel play against the Eagles last year where he leaped over Marcus Epps on Sunday night football and scored a touchdown. He had a really good rookie year. Me and my co host, Gino Camilleri, were big fans of Ayuk coming out of Arizona State. And then on Sunday, what, no targets, no catches? And They thought maybe it was a hamstring thing, but then the comments today Shanahan made were interesting. What should we make of Ayuk and his relationship with Shanahan? And should the Eagles have to worry about him on Sunday?
2: Well, Kyle Shanahan is a very no-nonsense type coach, and he really holds his players to a certain standard as far as professionalism goes. So if you start slacking off in any type of area, he's going to hold you accountable. And I appreciate that, but it's also tough, you know, because – you look at guys who haven't worked out and you wonder, hey, man, it, it, maybe if he was somewhat of a different way, was able to maybe coddle his players a little bit more with Dante Pettis had worked out because he had all this mm-hmm. potential. Would a killer a this spoon that worked out because he had all this potential and ability? And the same thing kind of with IU. We've seen him be successful. He had a really good rookie year, you know, what, 750 yards or whatever, seven touchdowns, and he missed four games. And I'm pretty sure the, the Eagles with Jalen Rieger would have loved to have that type of production out of yep. Rieger. but. Kyle Shanahan, I don't think it matters. I think he holds all his players to a certain standard. And he has a guy behind him in Trent Shurfield who nobody even knows who Trent Shurfield is. He played with Arizona for a few years, was kind of a special teams guy. He comes to the 49ers, and when you hear how he prepares and with the standard that he holds himself to, it's that professionalism standard. And he's come in, and he's made plays every single step of the way. He understands every position. And he comes in there, and like Kyle Shanahan said, he has a better person behind him now, so I don't have to force Brandon Ayuk onto the field, and I think that's kind of challenging Ayuk, and we're gonna to have to see how he reacts. Uh, Peacock, what do you think about that?
0: I think you nailed it. Uh, I think it's more about Sherfield winning the job than than anything else, and, and that's the way Kyle Shanahan has put it, which is a huge disappointment for Brandon Ayuk, and he has all of this talent and all this potential and you expected that he would be this guy but then you have this uh, we've kind of talked about it and it's kind of the theme now with Kyle Shanahan is you don't know exactly what's going on I wouldn't be shocked at all if all of a sudden Shanahan's dialing up all these plays for Brandon in week two and he's the leading receiver for the 49ers I wouldn't be shocked at all but um I'd probably put him on my bench this week in, in fantasy football just because I'm not sure. And Debo and, and Elijah Mitchell seem like they're the guys for the 49ers right now. And they performed well. So why why change that recipe? But it could be a different guy every week for the 49ers. And I think it's going to be Iuke's turn eventually. But I do have to say that Trent Shurfield's been impressive. And he sort of won the job too. So, uh, so props to Trent Shurfield for doing that.
1: Guys, flipping the script here, the Eagles' offense against the 49ers' defense, I think the best matchup of the game is going to be this Eagles' offensive line against the 49ers' front four. You got Nick Bosa against Jordan Maialata. you got Eric Armstead. and uh, I th- I'm not sure what the usage is of Javon Kinlaw, their first-round pick last year, but you've got the guys in the interior in San Francisco going up against Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks. Isaac Sayamalu was one of the highest-graded blockers. Pass blocking, he was up there at the top according to PFF, and then Lane Johnson, D Ford. I think this matchup is just full of stars on both sides, and it could dictate this matchup.
0: I will say that Kyle Shanahan had a quote today about Javon Kinlaw. It doesn't look like he's going to play at all, and uh, his quote was, his knee, quote, still hasn't healed quite as right as we want. So I don't know what's going on with Kinlaw I don't know if there's an IR stint that could potentially happen there but he was a scratch in week one it looks like he's gonna be a scratch in week two which hurts that depth in the interior and it hurts the size just the raw power that the 49ers have inside with Javon Kinlaw but it should be a strength still inside they've got a lot of scrappy dudes maybe not uh, high name value guys and I do like Eric Armstead when he's on the inside and passing downs and then they bring a little bit more speed on the edge with with D Ford and that's been the usage there so they, they do have depth mm-hmm. on the defensive line and they should be good and I think a lot of those guys especially Especially Nick Bosa, who was on fire early in the game, and he was just, he was dripping in sweat and he had played zero snaps in a calendar year an entire year since last September in week two and then all of a sudden he goes in there and plays 51 snaps in the first week and he was he was pretty gassed at the end of the game but he's a problem mm-hmm. and he is so good and that's going to be a fun matchup to watch but the 49ers have a lot of bullets there and, and to be honest with you I think it's pretty clear that's where the game is going to be won and lost with that defensive line for the 49ers against the Eagles offensive line and it's going to be a, a prime time matchup at 10 a.m. in the morning for us West Coasters.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you would probably agree, right? The front four has got to get there probably even faster with the loss of Jason Verrett. The 49ers' top cornerback tore ACL out for the season. I mean, that's just – I mean, as you guys know, a huge – when you lose your top corner, that is one of the – I like to call them Jenga pieces on an NFL roster. So that's a huge storyline to watch on Sunday too, which should certainly help Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense.
2: Well, the 49ers aren't just missing their number one corner – They're missing the number two corner in Emmanuel Mosley as well. And we don't know if he's going to be playing. And if he does play, we don't know how healthy he's going to be. So that's something, too, that the Eagles potentially can take advantage of.
0: And I will say, hold on, one quick uh, point about that is uh, Josh Norman, D'Amador Lenore, if they're the starters, like like speed is not their thing. So Mm -hmm. you've got Devontae Smith and you've got Quez Watkins and you've got Jalen Rager, they're going to have to be ready, and Jimmy Ward's going to have to be ready on the back end to cover uh, maybe some lack of speed on the outside for the 49ers. So that's that. That's a very interesting matchup. And Nick Bosa, D Ford, Eric Armstead, uh, DJ Jones, everybody up front for the 49ers is going to have to be in the backfield quick. And, and those extended plays, that's what's killed the 49ers in recent mm-hmm. years. Jalen Hurts extending the play, having extra time to find that guy who's on the deep cross to get all the way over across the field and buy time with his legs and then make a big throw. That's, that's the throw that could be killer for the 49ers this week.
1: Yeah, guys, I think it's going to be an awesome matchup. I'm just looking forward to personally seeing the Eagles and the 49ers where the Eagles actually get to play the Niners starting quarterback. I mean, that really hasn't been the case over the last few years, right? 2017, 2020. I think it's going to be a great matchup on Sunday between two 1-0 teams. And uh, I thought this was a great conversation.
0: Yeah, the Eagles get to play the 49ers starting quarterback when the 49ers fans want the Eagles to play the backup quarterback in, in, a, <laughs> lot of, right. in a lot of ways. So that's going to be fun. Um, it's uh, I believe the 49ers on the road favored by three. Real yep. quick, guys, quick predictions here. How do we feel about that? Um, Louis? I'll let you go first. What do you think about the, the home dogs here? It's usually a pretty good bet is the home dog.
1: Yeah, so I think the Eagles normally cover, especially at home, they're one of the better teams over the last five years. They're one of the best home teams in the NFL, and I think the 49ers are a better football team right now, even without Trey Lance out there with Jimmy Garoppolo as QB1, but I I don't want to predict the Eagles to win outright. I think they'll cover that line, though, for sure. Just like they did last last week, I think Atlanta got 3.5 at home, and obviously we saw what happened there. So I would definitely say at least put the money on the Eagles covering that line.
0: Croc, you worried about the Eagles? They're serious. They're a serious team. They're more serious than we gave them credit for. Uh, and I hope your listeners don't go back and listen to our preseason stuff when we're talking about the Eagles and we're just bypassing them in week two. Because yeah. uh, that was uh, that was yeah. a
2: mistake. I, I think the thing that worries me a little bit is really just the threats on the outside. Like you said, Quez Watkins, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. If the 49ers can control that and eliminate the big play from those guys, I think the 49ers should be all right, and I'd take them to cover.
0: I think three points isn't too much. I think the 49ers are better, and they should win this game. I think they can win this game by six points, so that'll be my prediction. So I think they can uh, make up that three points in the spread. I would have been worried and have been a lot more difficult to pick if, say, the Eagles lost in week one. This could have been a bigger number, and I think right. that could have been a team lane in the weeds to beat the 49ers. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give up those three points, but it's going to be a fun game. I can't wait for it.
1: All right, guys, that'll do it for this crossover edition of Locked On Eagles and Locked On 49ers. What a game that's coming up on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. You can follow us on Twitter. My stuff is at LockdownBirds On Birds, at D-B-I-C-L-O-E. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform. And on YouTube, we're posting our shows Monday through Friday. Guys, of course, tell the people on Locked On Eagles where they can find your stuff
0: at eric underscore crocker follow eric crocker get ready for that new locked on nfl draft show featuring crock and ryan trace you can find me on twitter and the peacock and williamson nfl show covering the entire league daily right here on the network as well i'm at bd peacock on twitter it's been fun Louis. thank you so much looking forward to the game this weekend
1: thanks guys